0: It's Tuesday, November 19th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. It was an impeachment hearing marathon on Capitol Hill today. If you're struggling to remember which official heard what about which allegation, allow us to break it down for you. Then, gift cards may seem like an easy present, but they could also make you an easy target. And finally, why it's time to retire OK Boomer. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Uber. The most complicated story today is about, you guessed it, impeachment. It was a packed day of public impeachment hearings. And the thing almost everyone came to talk about? The phone call. The famous phone call between President Trump and the president of Ukraine in which Trump asked Ukraine's president to investigate former Vice President Biden and his son, among other things. Dems are looking into whether that phone call was part of a larger effort by the president to abuse his power for political reasons. So today we're gonna get into the cast of characters who spoke today, why they were there, and what they said. Today's hearing was split in two, a morning session and an afternoon session, no nap time. The two officials who got the morning shift were Alexander Vindman and Jennifer Williams. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman works at the National Security Council at the White House. And he has a crazy backstory. When he was a kid, his family fled to the U.S. from then-Soviet Ukraine. He and his family even made an appearance in a Ken Burns documentary back in the day. We went to—our mother died, so we went to Italy, and then we came here. He went on to join the Army along with his two brothers and served in the Iraq War. After being wounded by an IED, Vinman earned a Purple Heart. Later, he went on to work at the U.S. embassies in Ukraine and Russia and became a big expert on Russia. As he pointed out today, he's also pretty good at languages. I speak Russian and Ukrainian and a little bit of English. (laughs) The other person we heard from this morning was Jennifer Williams, She's a diplomat who has worked under both Republican and Democratic presidents. After serving stints in places like Jamaica and Lebanon, earlier this year she was assigned to the office of Vice President Mike Pence. And the reason Democrats looking into impeachment wanted to talk to both Vindman and Williams is that both of them were on the now-famous phone call in July between President Trump and the president of Ukraine. Democrats have said that since the White House held up military aid to Ukraine during that time, that President Trump was maybe bribing Ukraine to launch a political investigation in exchange for that U.S. funding, a quid pro quo. Both Vindman and Williams heard that call and said today, it wasn't normal. I was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate. Vindman went on. It is improper for the president of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. Williams had a similar but more muted assessment. I found the July 25th phone call unusual because in contrast to other presidential calls I had observed, it involved discussion of what appeared to be a domestic political matter. Despite both Vindman and Williams thinking Trump's call was inappropriate, only Vindman reported it to a lawyer on the National Security Council. Williams just made sure VP Mike Pence got a copy of the call transcript, though she doesn't know if he read it. Anyway, even before we heard what these two had to say, they received a lot of pre-hearing backlash. On Sunday, President Trump went on Twitter to insult Williams, saying she was kind of a nobody and implied that she was also a never-Trumper. Meanwhile, Vinman has been accused of having dual loyalties, that because of his background, he might have put the interests of Ukraine ahead of the U.S. Today, he was asked about a particularly weird event, in which Ukrainian officials asked him three times to become the Ukrainian defense minister. Here's what Vinman had to say about that. I'm an American, I came here when I was uh, a toddler, and I immediately dismissed these offers, did not entertain them. Meanwhile, members of the committee and even the White House Twitter account appear to try to discredit Vindman today. The White House tweeted that Vindman's former boss had concerns about his judgment. Turns out that former boss was one of the guys who showed up to testify this afternoon. His name is Tim Morrison. We'll get to the bad blood between him and Vindman in a minute, but this afternoon, Morrison took the mic alongside Kurt Volker, the former special envoy to Ukraine. Republicans requested that both of these officials testify publicly, and Dem said, okay. We should note they're still testifying as we're recording this episode, so there may be more that comes out about this later tonight. First, let's talk about Morrison. Morrison was the top NSC expert on Russia, Though, he resigned right before he testified before the Intelligence Committee behind closed doors last month. Like Vindman and Williams, Morrison was also on the phone call between Trump and Ukraine's president. Turns out, everyone and their mom was on this phone call. Morrison was also concerned about the call, but for a different reason from Vindman. He thought Trump's comments on the call about Biden and the 2016 election could be politically damaging. I feared at the time of the call on July 25th, how its disclosure would play in Washington's political climate. My fears have been realized. But, and Trump supporters are probably happy with this, he said he didn't think anything on that call was, quote, improper. And he's criticized his former staffer, Vindman, for taking his concerns to N.S.C. lawyers, rather than him, his boss. One thing Morrison could shed more light on is the conversations that took place between President Trump and Gordon Sondland the ambassador to the European Union. Thanks to all the witness testimony that's come out so far, we've learned that Sondland's been kind of the middleman between the White House and Ukraine, even though Ukraine isn't even part of the EU. And we'll probably hear more about this tomorrow when Ambassador Sondland, the middleman himself, testifies. Last but not least, former special envoy to Ukraine, Kurt Volker, also spoke this afternoon. He's the only person today who wasn't on the July 25th phone call. So he might be feeling kind of left out. But like Morrison, he resigned right before his closed-door hearing last month. Volker was the first Trump official to speak to Congress at the start of the impeachment inquiry. He's the guy who handed over a trove of text messages that showed conversations about a quid pro quo deal. But Volker has never used those exact words himself. In fact, he's been tied to Ambassador Sondland as one of the so-called three amigos working on shadow US-Ukraine diplomacy. Though Volker has said his work was on the up and up and that he wasn't involved in any pressure campaigns. Today in his testimony, Volker says that all he did was facilitate conversations between the Trump administration, Trump's personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani, and Ukraine officials to get them to talk things out and investigate real corruption. But he says he was out of the loop. He didn't know that these proposed investigations were tied to security aid. And he also says he didn't know those investigations would target Biden. In retrospect, I should have seen that connection differently. And had I done so, I would have raised my own objections. So what's the skim? Today we heard from four current or former administration officials as part of the House impeachment inquiry into President Trump. A big focus of the day was the phone call between President Trump and the president of Ukraine which Dems say included a quid pro quo offer with Ukraine. Today's hearing wasn't exactly thrilling, although we should say it's still going on while we're recording today's episode. So who knows? But recent polls show the impeachment inquiry hasn't exactly changed anyone's minds about whether the president should be impeached or not. Dems argue they're not doing it to make friends. They're doing it because they have a constitutional duty. Coming up, a word of warning about the perils of holiday shopping. That's next. Need a ride? Try Uber. Uber is committed to safer journeys for everyone. For starters, all drivers are background checked before their first ride. Plus, Uber re-screens drivers every year and uses technology to look for issues in between. And now they've introduced RideCheck, Using GPS and smartphone sensors, RideCheck can detect if a trip goes unusually off course and check in to provide support. RideCheck is just one of the ways Uber is committed to safety. Learn more at uber.com safety. That's uber.com safety. The holiday season is upon us, which can sometimes mean it's the season for gift cards and gift card scams. They're on the rise, or at least being more frequently reported. Here's how it works. Sometimes a scammer poses as a family member or a government official, like from the IRS, and they ask victims, usually on the phone or over email, to purchase gift cards to retailers like Walmart or Amazon. The reason given is usually something that tugs at you emotionally, like to bail a family member out of jail, or to settle an outstanding bill. The Federal Trade Commission, the agency whose mission it is to protect consumers, says that anyone demanding payment via gift card is pretty much always a scammer. According to the FTC, about a third of those who reported losing money from scams so far this year were the victim of a gift card scam, which have already cost the country $74 million. That's compared to 53 million from the same period last year. And it's not even the holidays yet. So as we head into the holiday season, Maybe one of the greatest gifts you can give is to be on the lookout for any of your loved ones who might be susceptible to these kinds of scams. Think of it like the gift that truly keeps on giving, that could also make sure you don't lose any money. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the internet where you probably have seen the saying, OK, Boomer, a lot lately. It's being used by millennials and Gen Zers in a bunch of memes and tweets to say not-so-nice things about people born in the older baby boomer generation. Think people currently in their mid-50s to early 70s. The phrase has gone viral for the last few weeks, but today we can officially mark the end of OK Boomer. Because now it's the subject of a very uncool trademark war, Apparently, OK Boomer could one day be turned into a reality, comedy, or game show. So, RIP OK Boomer, we hardly knew you. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.